Hey everybody, welcome back to the Play With Power podcast, the issue-by-issue retrospective about Nintendo Power Magazine. You tuned in for part two of issue 51 from August of 1993. The cover game was Street Fighter II Turbo. We've passed the Super Nintendo games, we passed the Star Fox comic, and we are now starting up on page 64 at a special feature called The Name of the Game. I am your host, Ben, and with me as always is my co-host, Mike. Howdy ho. And uh, we had a, a wake, Brandon, at uh, the beginning of the last issue, and uh, he uh, fell asleep uh, partway through. So he may wake up uh, at some point and join us, or he may just continue to sleep. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you in suspense, because oh, we don't know either. We don't know what the future holds. We do this live, folks. You know, I used to be like neutral about like the, the problems of marijuana, but I'm starting to see... Like, why people want it out loud now. <laughs> At least let the Playing With Power podcast suffer. Don't let the Playing With Power podcast suffer. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he started off, right as I was saying, 3-2 record in the first one, with a big old bong rip. <laughs> Probably was a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be taking suppressants like marijuana and alcohol before a podcast when, you're, when it's late at night. There you go. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's for you to deal with. Our pitch hitter isn't, isn't uh, pinching that great. If any of you think that you can uh, co-host the taste test and stay awake, we're taking applications. Mm-hmm. That's right. And if you feel like you can stand in with one of us, is one of us is out sick, or uh, <laughs> or can't make the show, feel free to submit your application. <laughs> if you can stay awake, and th- and that's a big requirement. Requirement is you have to stay awake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's one requirement. You gotta be, you gotta be funny too, but uh, we'll yeah. get into that. Anyways, let's get into the section here in the magazine. We, we can fix the funny in post. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> All right. So it's talking about uh, the name of the game. With hundreds of games for all three Nintendo systems, the video game market can be a confusing place. If a Game Boy title has the same name as an NES game, does that mean the same game? Maybe, maybe not. Is the Super NES game going to be a sequel, or is it the same as the NES game in a Super version? These are the kinds of questions players are asking, so we set out to try to clear things up and found out that they were even more confusing than we first thought. <laughs> yeah, the name of the game, not the uh, not the ABBA song, mm. which is very catchy and beautiful. This is uh, talking about video games with the same name. So we see that... Uh, they tell us when a licensee is publishing a game for more than one system, they might have different development companies create the different versions. The developers carefully guard their techniques, and although they sell the publishing rights to their work, they often retain the original copyrights on their ideas and codes. Because the developers are working independently of each other, the games can end up being quite different. There's a couple of reasons for a licensee to use different developers for the same title. I'm glad they're telling us stuff like this. Mm-hmm. This is quite informative for a magazine. Mm-hmm. It says, first, some developers specialize in creating games for a single system. Second, if a licensee wants to release a version for each system at the same time, they may want to make the development process move more quickly by having three different companies work at once. THQ often uses that, often uses different developers for games in the same series. That's why Super NES Wayne's World is completely different from its Game Boy game with the same title. So we get to see the Super Nintendo version of Wayne's World, which looks like awful shit. With Mike Myers' photoshopped face on top of a uh, digitally <laughs> rendered body. 
stroking the guitar neck like a shaft. <laughs> and then for the Game Boy version, a significantly better looking version of somebody's like on a uh, on a happy was a, a happy he, drum. He, yeah, he looks like Rick Ocasek he playing does. guitar. Oh my gosh, you really nailed it. And Who's gonna he's on a happy drum. And he's talking about that on his guitar with his fucking riffs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to drive you home. Dude, so, that guy is like so like unattractive. And like he totally bagged a supermodel wife. You ever see a picture with him and his wife? It's just like looking at like uh, death. Uh, or someone that should have died long ago <laughs> was like this really hot chick. And you're like, this doesn't make sense at all. You're like, well, I guess he did write a bunch of good songs. <laughs> well, I, I guess he knew how to drive her home. Tonight. Yeah, every night. <laughs> so we got the Adams. So as a demonstration here, we see the Adams family. It says, Sunsoft put out Fester's Quest in 1989 before the hit movie was made. It's completely different from the ocean games that followed. So it's listing and, uh, Fester's Quest, Sunsoft, 89, Adam's Family, Ocean, 92. And then they have uh, same the same The Game Boy version, Ocean, 92. The Super Nintendo, Ocean, 92. Then the Pugsley Scavenger Hunt, Ocean, 93, Ocean, 93, Ocean, 93. And being Pugsley sca- Scavenger Hunt, it should be Oh Shit, not Ocean. <laughs> Yeah, then they go down with Adventure Island. Adventure Island 3 for the NES is the same as Adventure Island 2 for the Game Boy. And Super Adventure Island is all new. Yep. The, the one with Super is on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> so it goes into so then, uh, licensees' philosophies about producing different games for more than one system. Konami, for example, hasn't produced the same game twice, so you won't find two games of the same name in their current lineup. Uh, every one of their Castlevania games is unique, whether for NES, Super NES, or Game Boy. So even though they have related storylines, every play experience is a, good, it's a new one. Yay, Konami! Old Konami. Not new Konami. Look <laughs> cl- Konami bad. <laughs> Acclaim, on the other hand, has the goal of producing the best game possible and making it available to all players regardless of what systems they have. Uh, is it really the best game that's possible? Is it really? Or is it just the? Is it just the best they can do? Yeah, I would say best is a stretch. <laughs> uh, they often produce games of the same title for more than one system, and the games are as alike as can be given the different systems' capabilities. The WrestleMania game, for instance, plays the same on Game Boy as it does on the Super NES, albeit with fewer wrestlers. Putting the same game up for more than one system also lets the publisher market the games with one campaign. Yep, means it's cheaper for them. Bastards. <laughs> and another twist to the name game is that developers sometimes sell rights to their games to different companies for different systems. This sounds an awful lot like what they were just describing in the previous paragraph. That's what happened with the case of Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. JVC bought rights to the NES version of both titles, but Capcom bought the rights of the Game Boy version. So even though the two titles are published by two different companies, the games are essentially the same. Both titles for the Super NES, however, were produced by a different developer and are completely different from the NES and Game Boy versions, in that they are fucking great. Right. They got more examples here. 
Terminator games between Mindscape, LJN, Star Wars games between JVC, uh, Capcom, and back to JVC again, RoboCop, uh, Data East Ocean Mix, Empire Strike Back, same as Star Wars. As I say, and a catch-all category. To confuse matters further, some games fall into both of the categories described above. Some companies give the same name to a different game for a different system and give a different name to a game that is the same. Take Hudson Soft, for example. They number the titles in their Venture Island series, but they're numbered differently for Game Boy than they are for the NES. They didn't make a Game Boy version of the first Nintendo of the first Adventure Island game, but they did convert NES Adventure Island 2 because it was the first Game Boy title. It became Adventure Island 1. Uh, yeah, so, and then they go on to talk about Ocean's Adams family, uh, and they talk about uh, Battletoads. Originally, they produced the NES Battletoads, which they followed with a different game for the Game Boy that they also called simply Battletoads. Later, when they converted the NES program for Game Boy, they had to choose a new name because Battletoads for Game Boy was already taken. They ended up calling the game, which is exactly like the NES Battletoads, Battletoads in Ragnarok's World. And further, the Super NES game, Battletoads and Battle Maniacs, is similar to the first NES game, except that it has some bonus stages not found in the original. Oh, jeez. What a mess. And Star Trek. Three different licensees have published different Star Trek games. Konami's, ba- Konami's games are based on different programs, but Absolute's two titles are much alike. The Super NES version is completely different. And the only one I played was Star Trek The Next Generation. Hmm. Never heard of that publisher, Spectrum Holobyte. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I've heard of it. And then the Battletoads. R- Battletoads in Ragnarok's world is an exact conversion of NES Battletoads, as is much of Battletoads and Battle Maniacs for the Super NES. That's weird. And they talk about sequels with new names. Sometimes sequels are given completely new names, so you might not realize they're related to each earlier games. Uh, this is this is weird that they do this, in my opinion. Um, did this with Contra. So it goes Contra, Super C, Operation C, Contra Force, and then finally Contra 3 of the Alien Wars. Well, if you're counting correctly, that would be Contra 5. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have uh, Solomon's Key, followed by Solomon's Club, followed by Fire and Ice. And then... Uh, Which, you know, so Solomon's... Key Solomon's Club and then Fire and Ice, which doesn't have Solomon in it. Nope. And then Ghosts and Goblins is a prequel to Super Ghosts and Ghouls and Ghosts. Not to be confused with uh, Skrillex's like ghosts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you have <laughs> Solstice is followed up by Altered Space, which is followed up by Equinox, and then Metal Gear is followed up by Snake's Revenge. Equinox. Snakes with Revenge was the one that wasn't done by uh, um, Hojima, right? Or was it? Uh, yeah. yeah. The second one's not supposed to be an actual sequel at all. Hmm. Interesting. So now they get into oh. your area, the Final Fantasy mess. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, all the Final Fantasy titles are different. The Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy Legend games are RPGs, while the Final Fantasy Adventure games are more action-oriented. But, uh, funny enough, they talk about Final Fantasy, but they don't talk about the whole naming fuck-up going on. No, they don't. Like, 
Yeah, they don't talk about how Final Fantasy... Uh, well, they actually do in the paragraph, uh, in the actual uh, contents of the article, if you want to pick it up. Yeah, well, this is strange. Final Fantasy Adventure 2 mm-hmm. for the Super Nintendo, that can't be because there was Final Fantasy 2, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, and Final Fantasy 3. Those are the ones I'm aware of. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure 2 says mm. that uh, it should be coming out in the fourth quarter of 1993. I'll look so, it up. Yeah, well, you talk about Batman, I'll look it up. This is my, this is my turn. <laughs> uh, okay. Batman says both Sunsoft and Konami have published Batman games, and each is a different version. So to make that super confusing, they have... Uh, Batman by Sunsoft for both NES and Game Boy. Batman Return of the Joker for both by Sunsoft for both uh, NES and Game Boy. Batman Returns by Konami for both NES and Super NES, and then Batman the Animated Series by Konami for Game Boy. So it's a, just a number of different ones. And then uh, they talk about Nintendo's own kind of mess up, which is when they have Super in their names, but not for the Super Nintendo. And they talk about, of course, uh, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers started something big. At last count, there were 60 games that have the word Super in their titles, and many of them are NES games, named long before anyone suspected there might be a Super NES. Companies that use Super to name NES games were faced with a problem when they made versions of the same game for the Super NES. Listed below on the left are the NES games named Super that were followed by the Super NES titles. So Super C was turned into Contra 3 The Alien Wars, Super Jeopardy, it just turned to Jeopardy. Super Mario, ironically, Super Jeopardy from, which is on NES, is turned to just playing Jeopardy on the <laughs> Super NES. Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 is, is renamed to Super Mario All-Stars. Super Mario Land becomes Super Mario World. Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins, you have Super Mario World. Um... Super Off-Road just stays the same. F it. Super Off-Road. <laughs> Super Off-Road Racing for for uh, NES. F it again. Just becomes Super Off-Road. Tecmo Super Bowl becomes Super Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> and Super Turrican <laughs> stays the same. Super Turrican. Oh. Hey, Brandon. Oh, we have life. Does he live? I've been away this whole time. I'm I bored and awake. We have life. Mike, what did you learn about Final Fantasy? Uh, Final Fantasy Legend 2 is a role-playing game for the Game Boy. No. Fuck, I thought I typed in Adventure. Hold on, I guess I fucked up. Alright, I'll read the next paragraph. So we're on page 67, Brandon, if you'd like to rejoin us here. If your brain hurts from trying to keep track of games on the U.S. market... You don't even want to bring the rest of the world in the picture. Those of you who want to keep an eye on the Japanese market know that the names of the games change in their imported North America. To name just a few examples, Super Mario Bros. 2 was called Super Mario Bros. USA in Japan. The new Super, Super Mario All-Stars is built as a Super Mario collection. And the Dragon Warrior series is also known as, is known as Dragon Quest there. Don't forget the Blue Bomber. He may be Mega Man here, but he's known as Rockman in Japan. Final Fantasy Adventure was like an action RPG, not a standard RPG. So when they made the sequel of it, it was actually Secret of Mana. 
That's oh. what Final Fantasy Adventure 2 is. Shit. I didn't know that. I love Secret Mana. Yeah, it's one of the fucking best games that came out on the Super Nintendo. That's funny. I'm glad they didn't name it Venture 2. Well, I think that would have helped the brand, but... you know, I still, don't know. I think Secret of Mana is still game. pretty... Uh, yeah, it's a fitting title. Well. Yeah. Oh, man, that uh, game. I would love to see like a... Uh, like a... Like a HD remake of that, but no fucking around with the battle system. Like, just make it look like no right. 3D anything, just like beautifully rendered 2D sprites and a slightly better <laughs> inventory system so you can carry more than six fucking candies. <laughs> yeah. It's like the one time they made like a realistic storage system, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, this is how big your pockets must be. Like, you can only fit like, fit like three candies. Like, wah, wah. All right, and then uh, so they go on to talk about even though companies would like to keep the same names their European market, it's often not possible either because the trademark for the name isn't available there because the name would have no meaning or negative meaning in that culture. And they talk about uh, how Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is called Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles in Europe. Uh, <laughs> and because of a trademark problem, you won't find Star Fox in Europe. It's called Star Wing. <laughs> and Final Fantasy series is known as Mystic, Mystic Quest series in Europe. Uh, <laughs> which brings up an interesting question. What will Squaresoft call its latest title in the series Final Fantasy Mystic Quest when it reaches Europe? Mystic Quest? Mystic Quest? Okay, I gotta figure out. I'm gonna look that up right now and okay. find out what it was called. Brandon, what's the next game that we're talking about here? What's our feature? I'll give you a hint. We're in the Game Boy section. Yep. Uh, next game is Nigel Mansell's World Championship. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's a racist caricature. We of are in a, a Mexican. We are on the next part, Brandon. Next part of what? We've skipped on to part deuce. Uh? Welcome to the future. Do you have a sudden urge, by the way, to find a live taping uh, where Justin Trudeau is? No, is that a thing? <laughs> okay, no reason. <laughs> it's working. Is that a thing? <laughs> he has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, pay no attention. Don't listen okay. to the podcast either. Oh, man, <laughs> Anyways. Um, so Speedy fun, Gonzalez. Yeah, Mystic Quest. Oh, Mystic in, Quest. Good. In PAL regions in Europe was called Mystic Quest Legend. Oh. Okay. I like the idea that they would have called it like Mystic Quest, Mystic Quest. Mystic Quest. Like Amadeus. Amadeus. Mystic Quest, Mystic Quest. Mystic Quest, Mystic Quest. Mystic Quest, Mystic Quest. Mm-hmm. Speedy Gonzalez for Game Boy. The fastest mouse in the world makes his debut in Game Boy, courtesy of Sunsoft. It is a uh, side-scrolling platformer starring our favorite uh, racist character, uh, Speedy Gonzalez. I thought Mike was our favorite racist Looks... character. <laughs> Caricature, not character. Ah. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yes, he is. <laughs> Not a whole lot to talk about here. It's uh, you know a kids game. 
It's built kind of like Sonic. I didn't get a chance to play it. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't play as good as Sonic, but it's got the same kind of play controls. Like they have the springs, you know, they got the loop de loops you can do. Um, so it's probably a poor man's uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, is what it looks like to me. Although, uh, take a look at the castle on the bottom of page 71. King Rat's Castle, which is apparently the bad guy in the game. That looks like uh, the real Disney castle in uh, Austria. A little bit. Okay, well, wait, wait a second. We have a mm -hmm. zone? The Mexico zone. <laughs> the forest zone. And the desert zone. How is the desert zone, not the Mexico zone? Don't forget, hey, well, there's deserts in Arizona. There's a yeah, well, Arizona, country Arizona zone. Was in Mexico. Don't forget Cheese Island. <laughs> oh, country zone. Does that mean like it's full of like meth labs and... It's full of banjos. Ding, ding, ding. It's clear with these loops that they're trying to imitate Sonic so badly with a different speedy rodent. Country zone is where Speedy Gonzalez absolutely wants to squeal like a pig. That was terrifying. And now I'm going to make now I'm going to make you squeal like a pig. I've been told I have a pretty mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a whole lot to let's say about Speedy Gonzalez. You got anything about Speedy Gonzalez, Brandon? Nah. Let's move on to Star Trek: The Next Generation. I'm just glad that Game Brandon. Boy. I'm just glad Brandon doesn't think we're talking about Pete Guzman. Huh. <laughs> Pete Guzman is a donator from our Patreon. Hey, remember something. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek, The Next Generation. Now that I'm looking at it, I, I'm confused about which Star Trek game I actually oh. had as a kid. I think it may have been this one. Was it? Miles O'Brien, the chief, he's the only one actor that went on to Deep Space Nine, right? Yep. Uh, Worf went on in the uh, last season. Oh, he did? No, he? no, no, it was like three or four seasons. Because I remember he married Jedzia Dax. And then she oh. died, and then gotcha. uh, they brought in that new trill, and she started banging the doctor. Mm. Gosh, I barely remember that show, but I liked it a lot. That was and, a good uh, show. This show. This show was phenomenal. Next Generation, I would watch this with my uh, parents uh, all the time, pretty much. Good stuff. Yeah, Picard, yeah. Patrick Stewart knew the secret of aging was to look 70 when you're 40. Mm-hmm. So then when you're 70, you look 40. Yeah. He did, he did a good job of aging. I, I'm like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> you just like bigger. Unlike Marina Sirtis. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I, I saw her and Elvira, the Mistress of the Dark, at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah? Time, what was this? It was a couple of, like, two or three years ago. And Time apparently held a grudge against those two. What was her? Oh, and Elvira. Yeah, Elvira does not look good. Yeah, Elvira. Fuck. I mean, like that's just like she. She's more like she used to be like the the sexy horror host, and mm -hmm. now she's like the crypt keeper horror host. Yeah. 
And then Marina Sirtis. This just n no, no good. It's no bueno. She's she's not good. I can't speak for Gates McFadden. I haven't seen her. Hmm. Brandon. <laughs> I'm looking at Marina Sirtis now. Sorry. Yeah. It's like. I know, it's like, she owed time money, and it decided to take it out on her face. Jesus, I'm looking at all these pictures, and it's like tits out for Harambe. Holy shit, man. <laughs> Google her. Well, yeah, in her, in, her, in, in, the, in her heyday, she was great, but now she's... Well, this is from a few years ago. I still think she looks good. I don't know about now. Anyways, that's for another time. Let me put that down. All right. Um, so, Star Trek Next Generation for Game Boy. I can't remember huh. this game I she had. Does look, for... She does look all right now. Yeah. You know, she may have just been tired. <laughs> it's possible. I can't remember if this game I had or a different one. In, in which case, I retract my future statements and I... And I, uh... You past statements, you mean? Yeah, I retract my past statements. She's hot. Elvira. Fuck no. Very good. Well, if Brandon's so, yawning, at least he's awake. Yeah. It doesn't look like a terribly good game, from what I can tell. You're you're looking at the out from the bridge of the of the ship most of the time, and other than that, you're kind of looking at menus of L cars. Uh, and very rarely do you actually see any like people in the game. You see some headshots of the crew potentially talking, and you see a transporter beam. Um, but it's more strategic than it is action-based, it seems like. Uh, I would avoid. I don't have a whole lot to, else to say about this game. It's only a two-pager. Yeah, it looks fucking awful. <laughs> well put. Next game for the Game Boy is the 4-in-1 Fun Pack Volume 2. Woo! See, this game looks great because they just shot for a simple deck of cards to show on the screen. And they yeah. nailed that deck of cards. They did. The Game Boy Solitaire. Yeah. The, the Game Boy tried to shoot for a 3D transporter room and a map of space and failed. Wah, wah. Yeah, deck of cards did great though. So they got Solitaire in here, they have dominoes, they have peg out, whatever the hell it is. Uh, <laughs> it's cribbage. Oh I see. That's after you've had the peg That's, in. My bad. That's a uh, cribbage. And a yacht, which is what is that? Craps? They just can't call it craps. I've, I've never played yacht. I've heard of Yahtzee. It's a dice game. Uh, the Game Boy version looks boring though, because it just has <laughs> it, it shows the dice. At the it top is Yahtzee. Is it Yahtzee? Yeah, you have to roll the dice and make different combinations, like twos, threes, fours, fives, and no, full house. Oh, it's a ripoff of Yahtzee. I got it. Yeah, Yahtzee was a copyrighted name, which apparently just took its name off Yacht. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Domino's looks terrible to understand what's going on, because for whatever reason, they decided to use black tiles, and it's very difficult to see the dot, white dots on top of it. Solitaire looks phenomenal, though. Like, that could easily be played. It might be worth the, the price of admission right there. Okay. So that's that game. Moving on to Counselor's Corner. We have a game I've never heard of called In-Indo? Way of the Ninja? 
Why didn't they ever cover this? It it doesn't look very good for one. Uh, from Bruce Long, this looks like a um, RPG. It does. Like Brandon, we're playing RPG. this. Any, any any objections? State them now. All right. Motion carried. <laughs> You know you never played this, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you make the artwork for it, I think we can press them into it. All right, I'll do one at a time. One at a time. <laughs> make sure you get through one at a time here. Oh, finally, we're getting some tips on Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally from uh, Mike here, uh, mm-hmm. who apparently was allowed to unbutton his shirt just enough to show some chest hair, <laughs> uh, as well as a V-neck shirt underneath it. So congratulations, Mike, on getting getting some through the quality sensors here. <laughs> it's talking about uh, how to derail, how to how to topple the crane at the end of level two, how to derail the coyote in level three, how to make it through five B. So, yeah. and uh, all advice that sounds like a terrible game to play, given the instructions. Listen to this. Go from, I mean, look at this for at the bottom here. Go from one to one, two to two, three to three, four to four, seven to seven, eight to eight. I mean, there's this whole list of like how specific um, segments of the level you have to jump to. It's completely unintuitive. You think it would be like one to two, two to three, three to four, but no. Apparently, you just skip five and six and go right to seven and eight, and then like fuck ten. So why why would you have to think about what order you have to jump on platforms as the roadrunner? Yeah, your brain is telling you numbers. Just Your brain go. is telling you, meet me and run. <laughs> and paint a tunnel on a, on a side of a wall. <laughs> yeah, if there's a black, if there's a tunnel painted on the wall, you can go through it. The coyote can't. And then next game we have <clears throat> Ultima 5 Where's Destiny. And it's provided by your local neighborhood uh, creepy dungeon master, a.k.a. Jim Gentle. Who <laughs> <laughs> He wants oh to invite you down to his basement to g- <laughs> to give you a gym gentle. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ask nicely, you'll get a gym rough. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Final Fantasy Venture, we have Mike Caldwell. Uh, does he have a lazy eye? I think he's got, like, a lazy skull. <laughs> It just looks like his left eye is looking at me and his right eye is looking somewhere else. <laughs> his right eye is trying to look through you. I can't tell. I apologize, Mike, either way. Uh, yeah, so you, some, you don't uh, have to be pretty to answer the phones at Nintendo. So this is a... No, you don't. This is absolutely a prequel to Secret of Mana. They talk about the Temple of Mana in here. Yeah, this is Final so. Fantasy Adventure, a.k.a. something I really should have played... But since Final Fantasy Legend was absolute trash, this good-looking game slipped completely by me. It's a Secret of Mana prequel, so of course we've got to play it. It looks fantastic. I know. Well, they have the the remakes out, too, for like iOS and Android. It's like six bucks. And they look phenomenal. It's like six dollars for a three dollar game. Well, you know, you want the better graphics. There you go. Uh, didn't they make a version of this for the DS? I may have already played it. That's. I think you're right about that. I haven't played it, that's for sure. 
All right, next up, we've got, oh boy, more stage maps for Star Fox. Oh, yay. Uh, I'm going to skip right past this section, because I really don't have anything to say about it. It's just taking you through the different levels and sort of telling you what to expect at different phases. Really interesting how they got these, I, I think they're either screenshots or they actually made art for this, I can't tell. Um, and then we have a little bit of an updated Power Players Challenge section. Some of the challenges are uh, F-Zero, what's the best time you can get in the Port Town 2 time trial? Super Black Ass, what's the biggest black bass you can catch? <laughs> Asteroids, your highest score? DuckTales 2, how much money can you finish the game with? Um, well, less than what you had before you bought the game. And then they are actually listing um, listing uh, power players now. Finally, they're not just showing you what the counselors got. Um, they're showing you also what people have set in. So, well, for F-Zero, the only one that mm -hmm. got the best time in Port Town was the gameplay counselor. He's just setting Which one, a line. Oh, yeah. He's just That's setting right. a line, drawing the line in the sand with his foot and saying, I dare you fuckers. That's, well, that's the new challenge for the existing, they kind of mixed in the new challenges versus the old ones. So like Star Fox you see in here for highest scores, which isn't one of the new challenges. The gameplay counselor is still beating out everybody as a number one. Uh, okay, seriously, in Super Mario Kart, best time trial on, on time on Mario Circuit 1, there's a dude named Ricky Innocent. <laughs> with a minute... <laughs> And 88 milliseconds. Hello? Yep. What was that? Oh, that was just something that fell off my desk. <laughs> okay, I thought Brandon just uh, decided to uh, wake or sleep or something. I think he fell asleep again. I heard like some big long silence. Is that true, Brandon? Brandon Boswell is a poofta. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to the Nintendo games. I think, Nintendo Entertainment had, I think System he actually games. has trouble sleeping, so he needs the podcast to help him nod off. Well, look, we're doing a public service here, folks. Yeah. While you're thinking of us helping others, maybe you can uh, help us out by going to patreon.com slash playingwithpower. We can, get, we can get Brandon some sleeping pills so that he can rest before the show. Mm-hmm. Mm. Next uh, section, Jurassic Park for the NES. I haven't played this version of it. I was I, I played the Super Nintendo ones, but I haven't played the Nintendo one. I didn't actually realize they made Nintendo one. This is a really late stage uh, Nintendo game, and uh, graphics are okay, but again, lots of orange. Man, it's like they just thought, we have an orange tree, an orange raft, and orange dirt. How many colors can we put on the screen at the same time? I don't know, like ten? One. <laughs> well, okay, there's black outlines, too. <laughs> so, I love the continue screen here, um, which counts down like an arcade game 
where you have a dude sort of running away just inches from the face of a T-Rex chopping down. So they're talking about that. It, I can't tell what kind of uh, game this is, to be honest. It's a third-person uh, sort of isometric view in the vein of like a Zelda. Um, but I think it's like an action game where you have to go and gather items. And um, obviously you have to fight uh, raptors, brachiosaurs, compsognathus, triceratops, dilophosaur, and T-Rex. And you have to get weapons and probably keys and such. Uh, talks about uh, in area one, you have to gather the eggs. It says, when you first enter any area, you must collect all the eggs in order to get a pass card that lets you proceed. The counter in the upper left corner of the screen lets you know how many more eggs there are to find. Okay, so do you get to play the dinosaurs? No. You play no. as uh, some dude. Oh, that would be great if you could beat the dinosaurs, but then you could, like, you could be the Dilophosaur hunting down friggin' Newman. <laughs> Just so you can, like, spit in his face and blind the fucker. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> so they're kind of giving you a glance at the different levels. They're not really going too much into it. They kind of have, like, a screen of what it looks like, but they don't really tell you where anything is in here. I can say this coverage is kind of subpar, even for Nintendo, to be honest. Uh, normally they tell you more about where stuff is. But, um, so, it looks like it kind of roughly follows the, the story of the movie, uh, but not terribly closely. And it takes you around different areas of the park, but uh, graphics aren't terribly good. Um, and I would recommend you look at the Super Nintendo ones before. Um, <clears throat> and here's yet another version. There's Jurassic Park for Game Boy. And they talk about the early version of Jurassic Park for the Game Boy was just like the NES version, except the graphics were actually much better. <laughs> oh, snap. The maps were the same, but everything was rendered in more detail. So there you have it, folks. Even the Game Boy version is better than the NES version. What do you think, Sleepyhead? And they even mentioned Jurassic Park is coming to the Super NES in late summer. So hang on for that. Nope. Hey, he speaks. Hey, hello. Was, How are you? Did you not just hear what I said? Um, I heard you. I was yelling. talking for like two minutes there. No, didn't you hear a thing. You said. I think you just said that in your head. Uh, no, I think maybe my speaker was something, something. Maybe you inhaled it when you were snoring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mike, you want to cover King's Quest V? <laughs> sure, I think I've blazed Brandon enough. Okay, King's Quest V, Absence Makes the Heart Go Yonder. Konami's NES version of the fifth game in the popular PC-based RPG series lets players continue the rivalry between King Graham and the wicked sorcerer Mordak. Famed RPG comes to the NES. Why not the SNES? King's Quest V was released in June of 1992. Because so many NES games came out that month, we passed on covering it then. It continues to generate so many phone calls to our counselors, though we decided a review was in order. Although it was originally a computer game, this RPG translated well to the 8-bit dying format. <laughs> As the game begins, King Graham links Castle Daventry to walk in the nearby woods. 
presumably to take a shit because plumbing didn't exist back then. In his absence, a great wind whirls in and swallows up the castle and everyone inside. When Graham returns but finds no one home, he immediately suspects his longtime enemy, the evil sorcerer Mordak, is behind the disappearance. Never taking into consideration, maybe he just got lost on the way back. His suspicions are confirmed by Cedric, an owl who witnessed the strange occurrence. Well, if the owl's telling you something, maybe you should have, like, you know, not eaten those shrooms while you were out dropping a deuce. <laughs> With the help of Crispin, the kingdom's wizard, and accompanied by Cedric the Entertainer, Graham sets out to find his home and family and return them to their rightful place. In the beginning, his only weapon is a worthless wand, but he gradually finds enemies that items that will be useful to him on his quest. Bay. Wow, see, made in 1991 by Sierra Online. So, the... Well, they had an online games back in 1991. <laughs> Brandon, did you play any computer games? Absolutely not. All right. That was just a test. That was a test to see if you were awake. You passed. <laughs> yep. uh, guys, although I'm going to have to call it quits for this, so. Oh, are you starting to feel tired? <laughs> Well, now are you gonna call it quits? Not just that. I We're almost at the earlier, end, Brandon. Yeah, I know. I, I'm just trying to like end it so that you guys can just get it out of the way too. Oh, <laughs> you're, you're welcome to hang on. You know, just it's try okay. standing. Just what? What? Just try standing. To. <laughs> He's going to injure himself doing this. You know, he's going to stand up, fall asleep, then get, fall and hit his head. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he'll damage the part of his brain that's breaking him fall asleep, and then he'll just stay up forever. That <laughs> he'll, would be, he'll, be, he'll be like that Russian guy. That would be too fantastic. Um, but unfortunately, I am going to have to slide out of here, guys, because uh, i got to get up All at right, like 6 in the morning. So. All right, Thanks for having Enjoy me. Enjoy your man. nap. Thanks, I will. Just remember to save your just remember to save your file. Always do, buddy. And send it. Alright. Uh, that I don't do, but maybe I'll send it this time. <laughs> Alright. Okay, nighty night. Adios, friend. Later. Alright, so I get the graphics on this game are actually pretty good. You know, I think um, like he's finally making an improvement. Like at least now he knows he's going to fall asleep before he falls asleep. Mm, yes. So you know there's hope for him. <laughs> Let's see. So anyways, um, the graphics are actually pretty good, I think. Uh, in spite of, yes, there's a ton of orange, but uh, considering it's a port from PC, I thought that did a pretty faithful job here. Yeah, it looks all yeah, right. It's, it's kind of... I, I wouldn't really call it an RPG game. It's more of a point-and-click adventure series, um, which is probably not great on a D-pad, as far as an experience goes. Uh, Brandon's still making popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't know for certain, though, if based on the screenshots, if you need to have a cursor you have to use or if he actually maps to the D-pad. 
it maps the D-pad, might not be so bad. If it's a cursor-based game, eh, you gotta be able to put up with it, kind of thing. Alright, so, uh, did you want to cover King's Quest V anymore? Uh, we got Harpy Island, Mordak's Castle, and you can find a tambourine, because you use a tambourine, apparently. So, yeah, hey, pretty... Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play, play a song, song for, for me. me. In that jingle, 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 jingle morning, morning, I come following you. <laughs> All right. Top, so, top 20 for top August of the 2023. Top 20 to you. Can we talk about this art, though, before we get oh, into yeah. the numbers? Dick Nose Boy mm-hmm. apparently is, uh, and he's buried his dog. Like, he's... He's 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 home. The dog didn't survive the journey, and uh, he thinks like his misery and pain are are at their highest. And then he gets attacked by a ghost, or a mud golem that's been possessing his massive Game Boy. Yeah, this is terrifying. I mean, I'd be more terrified that you have like a Game Boy that's the size of your mattress. <laughs> and then this demon comes out of it. Yeah, that is terrifying. So, yeah. top 20. Um, Super Nintendo, top three are number one, Star Fox. Woo! Number two, Street mm-hmm. Fighter II, The World Warrior. Number three, The Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. 20 months, staying in the mm. top three. That's right. Game Boy, number one, Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. Number two, Super Mario Land. 35 no months gold, no in. No golden coins. No golden coins, but 35 months in. Number three, Metroid 2, Return of Samus. NES. Stuck stuck in the shitty black and white because if you try to make a colored version, Nintendo will cease and desist your ass. NES. Super Mario Bros. 3 at number 1. 46 months. Number 2. The Legend of Zelda. The OG. At 59 months. Just hanging in there. The bane of Brandon's existence. You can suck it. Mega Man 5 at number 3. He's been there for six months. So, next up for the Players' Poll Contest, we have an Alien um, 3-themed grand prize uh, and um, second prize. So, second prize, five winners will receive an Alien 3 game pack for the Nintendo system of your choice and an Alien 3 videotape. And the grand prize is your own alien, a seven-foot-tall, out-of-this-world replica of one of the movie's massive monsters, a most unusual companion, and believe it or not, Ripley's cryotube, the actual prop from the movie. So you can use use it to sleep through Alien 4. (laughs) Was that Resurrection? Yeah. I did see most of that movie, actually. It wasn't very good. I mean, like... You have to wonder, when did they get the sample? Did they, like, use her hairbrush? Because in that case, when she gets cloned, she would yeah. have no memory of her death. It's probably a semen sample. <laughs> they just took, like, a rubber from the trash can, and they're just like, well, it's the closest thing we got to a sample. I mean, we can't find her hairbrush or toothbrush. There you go. I mean, it's it's probably not going to be great, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a man, baby. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have uh, Now Playing, so look for these releases soon. This is the sort of George and Rob section there, a place where it just sort of talks about games that are coming out right now. Some of them are from this issue, some around the same time. 
Um, so they talk about Final Fight 2. Great graphics and animation, excellent play control. Capcom may provide its own biggest competition when players try to choose between Final Fight 2 and Street Fighter 2 Turbo. What? Really? I thought Final Fight was a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yeah, it, it is. is. So, it's like Street say, so it's like Street Fighter 2, but with actual levels and story. Yeah. It's hard to argue with its success, but it would be nice to have more fighters to choose from and better artificial intelligence in the enemies to provide an even bigger challenge. Hmm. Then we got Super Aquatic Games. It's only $50 from Saika. And it's a 4 meg game. And considering Final Fight is 16 megs, that lets you know that you're not going to be dealing with too much. There's not going to be a lot under the hood. Hmm. So it says... Uh, yeah, good graphics and popular characters add up to fun for very young players. A mix of skill events, jumping mainly, and endurance in which the player presses buttons as fast as possible. The goal of many of the events is not clear, however, and the control functions often change between different events. Both of these negatives could result in frustrated players. Next up, they have a game that I didn't realize came out for the Super Nintendo. It's actually, I think, an arcade port. It's uh, Alien vs. Predator. Uh, if you haven't played the arcade game, I advise you to do so in whatever fashion you can. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> know what I mean, know what I mean. Um, and here's what they say about it. They say, both the aliens and the Predator look great and play control is generally good. The theme of the game is cool even without the storylines from the comic books. The continued feature keeps going. Negative is the power-up weapons don't last nearly long enough, resulting in too much long, dry-out hand-to-hand combat. Hit detection isn't always logical. There's not much variety in the stages or in the types of enemies or attacks the aliens mount. And then we got First Samurai, as opposed to The Last Samurai, which would come out a few years later. <laughs> and this one is another 4 megabit game, so not that much under the hood, but I gotta say it, the screenshots look a little bit better. It's like if Act Razor was done by a shirtless jabroni, <laughs> and he was fighting the uh, the Trinex from Link to the Past. But it says here: interesting graphics, sound effects, music, and solid play control. The challenges include both fighting enemies and puzzles throughout the stage. Well, that sounds pretty good. More depth of play would be nice. The hero is supposed to be a samurai, but he looks like a sumo wrestler. Stage oh. intro animations are endless. Oh, wow. Boy, unskippable cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Next up for $60 from Sony, ImageSoft is Dracula. They say generally the graphics are quite good. Options include level of difficulty setting, number of lives, size of health meter, and controller setup. Some of the levels present puzzling obstacles. But they also say in some areas, blocky background elements look like a return to early NES programming. With an 8 megabit Super NES game, they could have created more realistic character sets. The boss enemies present very little challenge. Hmm. And now the Goof Troop, done by Capcom. And it's game type, two-player simultaneous overhead view action adventure. There's got to be a better way to summarize that. Yeah. And it says here, easy control, fun characters, good graphics will make the Goof Troop a hit, especially with young players. 
However, the difficulty is aimed at younger, less experienced players and there is no difficulty select option for a greater challenge. In two player mode, when one player steps off the screen, both players get zapped to the next screen. So unless you're playing with somebody who's really in sync with you, you might be a little frustrated by the fact that, you know, they're just whipping you along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Street Fighter 2 Turbo, they talk about everything that was great about the first game is still there, plus faster characters and some new moves. Although the play control differences will mean a lot to loyal Street Fighter 2 players, they may not justify the step up for casual players. Yep, and this one, that one was 24 megabits of game. Mm-hmm. While Final Fight was only 16. <laughs> so, Lovely. it's got some stuff in there. And then we get to see Nigel Mansell's World Championship. And I... Oh, yeah, it's... it's yeah, I tried scrolling down, but the review's on the, up, on the upside. <laughs> Excellent graphics and control. Lots of diverse race courses all over the globe with 3D terrain. A unique help feature that shows you the best line to take through the curves. Smart options that include controller setup and a password for your save for saving your Grand Prix season strand standings. It feels real. The downside: there's no shortage of quality racing games out there, so the competition is fierce. There is no two-player simultaneous option. You know, as far as negatives go, this is pretty fucking good. Mm. It's just letting you know it's good for racing if you want to race alone. So the next review, uh, this is weird, the way they talk about it. They, they call it game type overhead view zombie action for one player. You're not the That's zombie. not true. That's not true because you're, you're, you can play it two players simultaneous. And, and you're a person, not a zombie. You are a person. They say great humor, innovations, and fun graphics highlight this game. Lots of household weapons and potions give you a wide range of zombie fighting options. Each of the more... Uh, the 45 stations is unique with different backgrounds and specialized zombies. Most of the zombies, as the name implies, are pretty mindless and don't present a lot of challenge. Weapons aren't always located in the stages where they are virtually essential. You don't get passwords for each stage. Then we have Super Baseball 2020. The 12 megabits of memory are used for exceptional graphics. Play control is solid, it's especially fun as a two-player game. You can buy super robots to add to your team. However, Fielding fly balls requires intuition and timing, which takes a while to develop. Once you get the hang of computers, computer opponents pitch, pitching, it's easy to win. Human beings make for a better challenge. And Jurassic Park. Two megabits, because it's on the Nintendo. Says, good graphics, especially many of the, especially of many of the dinosaur species. Accurate play control makes shooting and escaping easy. Recreate some of the situations, at least in spirit, of the hit movie, A Large Game World. The negative, not as many movie elements as you might expect. Most of the game is spent gathering items and shooting dinosaurs. Well, yeah, this is fucking garbage because you're actually killing dinosaurs. That's not like the movie at all. <laughs> and then uh, Jimmy Connors Tennis. I guess no dinosaurs that guy. were honed in the making of this movie. Yeah. The Jimmy Connor looks like Sean Penn. <laughs> he does. Oh, fuck, he does. Doesn't he? Oh, All right, yeah. let's, they talk about okay. Let's just skip. Let's start skipping some over the, some of these. I, we got to talk about uh, Nigel Manson Mansell's here <laughs> again. Floating head. He's got a floating oh, head God. in this flick, freaking game. This it's is for zo- NES zombie racing zombie. This is got to be the worst por- version of these between the, the, all the three systems. 
Um, we got the disembodied a, head of Ned Flanders looking at us, <laughs> looking over the mountain. <laughs> Heidi Ho racing, you know? Heidi Ho, how's it racing there, bud? <laughs> just, right, rem- just, rem- just remember to thank the risen Lord when you win. <laughs> <laughs> they have a game called Goal, which is, what is this, soccer? Uh, that looks for Game Boy? That's looks bad. Like yeah, penalty kick past the goalies. So, you know, unless basketball's a lot more diverse than I thought it was, this is definitely soccer. Yeah, and then they have yet another LJN game for Game Boy for Spider-Man. Spider-Man 3 Invasion of the Spire Slayers. And they say, there is an awkward delay between the time you push the jump button and when Spider-Man actually leaps. Enemy characters move too fast in comparison to the speed Spider-Man moves. Small character graphics. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, and it, well, it's a good thing that they chose a hero who uh, doesn't rely on speed and agility as one of his main Jesus. weapons. Terrible. Uh, and then Muhammad Ali's boxing. Good options like management and training add some depth to the title trail. Boxing moves and strategies are far too limited for a satisfying boxing experience. Yeah, because we got an insert here of the two characters boxing. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to tell which one's Muhammad Ali. Uh, yeah, I think it's the one on the right. I can only imagine. <laughs> it is Game Boy graphics. They say for Speedy Gonzalez that it has good graphics and play control, but some moves require such precise timing that it can be frustrating. So let's take a look at the scores. And let's see here. So, best game so far that I can see is Street Fighter T Turbo. No surprise there. Uh, let's see. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Pretty good. Final Fight 2. Pretty good. Alien vs. Predator got pretty good scores. All around pretty good on, on most of these games. Dracula got pretty low. It got 3.3 for graphics and didn't even make the threes for play control, challenge, or theme. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> oh, it was. It's, and, uh, it's, it's, it's the fucking worst. Super Aquatic Games didn't crack a three for what is play control? Yeah, two point four. And it's barely cracking a three on the other categories. Oh. And then down in NES section, um, let's see, <laughs> Dracula didn't crack a three in any of the <laughs> any of the uh, scores. Jimmy Connors is averaging around three. Jurassic Park averaging around a three. Nigel Mansell World Championship averaging around a three point three. Yeah. So And the Game Boy section. Oh, this is fucking bad. Goal all, yeah. doesn't break a three except for theme. Mm-hmm. Muhammad Ali's boxing doesn't break two point eight mm-hmm. on anything. Speedy Gonzalez, three point three across the board. Three's all around. And then Spider Man, oh, well, they talked about the bad, the bad control. 2.3 for play control. Ooh, it's bad. Oh. And then challenge, 2.5. And then theme. And oh my god, this is just like, this is bad, bad, bad. And then tessere, whatever that is. It didn't, it got like a, a 2.4 for play control. 2.6 for graphics. Mm-hmm. And Tesserae is yeah. supposed to be like a, a board-style puzzle game. How could you go wrong? 
<laughs> How would you make it that bad? Well, ask Game Tech. They'll ask Game Tech. They can let you know. Apparently. All right, let's move on to the Pack Watch. Let's talk. They're talking about upcoming games. Oh uh, yeah, this game the, looks fucking great. Clay Fighter. You like that game? I uh, I can't say like I like was very into it, but I did rent it and it was cool. It was it's a good, weird. It was a good looking game. Uh, F1 Pole Position, which is a competitor to the game F1 game we just talked about in this episode, in this episode. Um, but it has two players simultaneous. You can see, got a game called Plock, which uh, I remember this game. I have never heard of this. It's a, is it a platformer? Yeah, but it's a very neat platformer, like very stylistic and cartoonish. Okay, we have something called Battle Cars, which again I've never heard of. That's a new one on me. Did this ever come out from Namco? Uh, why don't you look that up while I talk about the power plug? <laughs> we got the power plug from Tyco as the answer to this pack watcher's dream. Why? Because it allows you to program special move controller sequences into one button. That means that you can do Chun-Li's inverted hurricane kick or Guile's sonic boom with one push of a button. Even better, the thrash option on the power plug already has most of the Street Fighter 2 moves programmed into it. If you're into Mortal Kombat, that's no problem. You can program the power plug to do special and final moves with a few simple commands. You know, this is fucking great that you've got something that you can program macros into. Mm -hmm. And you can just dominate your fighting games. So yeah, Battle Cars was released. It has pretty high reviews. It's a racing game that has, uh, you can equip weapons. Interesting. So, it looks awesome. I need to play it. Uh, and then, speaking of awesome, Star Trek The Next Generation. I fucking remember enjoying this game. Don't remember exactly what I did, but I remember, like, being happy that I played it. And this is uh, for the Super Nintendo. Obviously. Because there's more, <laughs> than th there's more than three colors on the screen, and the only orange is, is Worf's shirt. Yes. Then we have Sim Ant. Oh, boy. Let's move on to the next one real quick here. Mega Man 6. <laughs> Still pumping them out at this point for Nintendo. It's the only Nintendo game they're talking about. Entertainment system I'm talking about. Oh, they said they managed to fix one of his design flaws by giving him a jetpack. You know what? He already had fucking jets since Mega Man 2. He had, he, he, had, he had sleds. He had rush. He had like thing one and thing two, the items. He's been, he's been able to defy gravity on occasion. Hmm. And then Final Fantasy Legend 3. Oh my god, they made a third one. And then Mega Man 4 for Game Boy. They said it's like an overhead Zelda-like adventure. That, and the, like, mm. I thought the legend was the shitty RPG one. Now they're saying that this one's an action one? This game no. is big and involving probably the best of the legend series. Oh! I, oh, fuck, I... Oh, okay, so that's in other news, the word is that the Super NES release of Final Fantasy 3 won't be until next year. In the meantime, Final Fantasy Adventure 2, reported earlier in Packwatch, has been renamed The Secret of Mana. Because that's mm. two ends. Interesting. So I guess, like, it's two ends because it's Secret of Mana Mana. Do, 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 do. Mana Mana. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like one of the best adventure games ever. You know what? You're fucking right. <laughs> so next up, they got a special feature here. We're not going to go with this too much. I'm going to 
talk about the pictures. The pack watch, they talk about the CES update. So they have a giant uh, mega screen for Street Fighter 2 Turbo, probably competition of some kind. Um, much acclaimed for Mortal Kombat, so they're talking about Mortal Kombat at the show. And they have Arrow the Acrobat costume here. They had a giant dome for Star Fox. Yeah, and they're talking about it. They're talking about NBA Jam. That was the Boom uh, Shakalaka. Yeah, that's the one with the fireballs and the big heads and that's He's the one? going downtown. He's on fire. He's taking him to school. <laughs> he said the guy that did the like that that sound clip son is just like uh, 23 from the Venture Brothers. He's on fire. He's on fire. My feet are on fire. <laughs> you fucking nailed that. That's beautiful. I don't think we should be doing this. <laughs> okay, you're bleeding into Kermit, but okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My feet are on fire. <laughs> Oh, they Stop have some. Stop telling me I sound like Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they get, they keep going here in more articles. They talk about a Super Nintendo edition of uh, Al Griffey Jr.'s uh, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> uh, the big cardboard cutout set up for Jurassic Park. They have, what is this, Nintendo on tracks? I'm trying to figure out what this is. It's just like a big, uh, fake-looking uh, stunt racer FX car that, with a Super Nintendo in it and a monitor in it. So you sit in this car and you sort of play the stunt race FX game, I'm guessing. Um, they got the Sting. He's just Sting from... Uh, I forget what he's actually from at the time. He was in uh, WCW for a long time. Wrestling. Oh, I thought you were going to say the police. No, different sting. <laughs> um, they have a weird ass looking Mega Man. Oh, a different sting. Okay. What? That was the Entertainer. Wasn't it called the Sting? No, that's called that's the Entertainer by Scott Joplin. Hmm. Yep. Look it up. And uh, the Sting, Joplin. What? That's not the song. It's called the Entertainer. I promise you, it's called the Entertainer. Now you don't believe me. Now you're gonna look it up. All right. What is this about? Uh, oh, Sugar Ray live on the Super Nintendo. I, I didn't just realize that. Ninety-three. Uh, the guy was around. That song was like late 90s. Interesting. And what's he playing there? In the boxing game? Hmm. Okay. Um, they talk about what's up for the next issue. Final Fight 2. Rock and Roll Racing for Super Nintendo. And then for NES, they have Indiana Jones on the Last Crusade. And uh, then for Game Boy, they have uh, Final Fantasy Legend from, 3. It was from the movie The Sting. Oh, he was using the movie to stink. I got gotcha. you. I tried to watch that movie because it's always like pops up as like, oh, you like this movie, you might like this. And like I tried watching it, and it's like, I don't understand what the hell is happening in this. 
I couldn't follow it at <laughs> all. And it's not like I haven't seen other Paul Moomin movies before. It's just like I don't understand the 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 pull behind this thing. I guess. Hmm. I think it's one of those things where like you watch it in like a classroom sitting. You see what did here, children? You see what happened here? <laughs> Classic. Classic maneuver. <laughs> All I know is that if John was here right now, he would say that your Netflix is confusing your jizz movies for jazz movies. Mm, I see. Um, so I've got a, um insert here for being in the Superpower Club with power certificates. So I can save five bucks on, on uh, Batman Returns for Super Nintendo. I can save four dollars on Tiny Two Adventures Two, <laughs> um, or I can save three dollars on uh, Kid Dracula for Game Boy. That's pretty bitchin'. And uh, on the back cover, they have an advertisement for the Super Nintendo saying "Way Cool," and they literally have a Super NES and a controller in a block of ice <laughs> that is melting. It's an odd. Uh, it's an odd uh, campaign. It says super colors, beat the competition way more. Power graphics drive excitement way beyond. Mega titles grab the gamers way way preferred. Yep. Super NES, the only way to be way cool. Nintendo. You know, I gotta say that if there was a Game Boy in that block of ice, it would probably work. Probably Can't, would. I'm not so sure about the Super Nintendo though. I, I think they ended up destroying a a perfectly good SNES. Yeah, probably. Or it's just the case, but they probably just destroyed one. That's well, a good idea. Thanks. They probably took the they probably took the case off of it and thought, you know, they don't need to see the guts inside. Let's just put the flap on there and there they go. Maybe. I wouldn't give them that much credit. <laughs> um or they could have just put a block of ice in front of a <laughs> Super Nintendo and made it look like it was uh real. <laughs> It's all just forced perspective. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. Appreciate it. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us in between episodes, please find us on facebook.com slash playingwithpowerpodcast. You can also leave us a review on iTunes. So search for our name, Playing With Power, and look under podcasts and let us review. It helps us get the word out. If you'd like to sponsor an episode to send us a few dollars our way, please go on to patreon.com slash playingwithpower. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to Mike on Twitter, he's at getthepower88. And if you'd like to link, see a link to our YouTube channel or grab any more uh, episodes uh, on our website, you can go to playingwithpowerpodcast.com. Thanks again for listening. I am Ben. I am Mike. And now you're playing with power. Entertainment system. Now you're playing with 